0: I always think that you know, urban design is the, is the is the one the I think the 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 area of design that has the biggest impact on our daily lives. Every every everything you do when you wake up, you know, when you walk out of the door is determined by, you know, some sort of urban design principle or or developer or or architect. So, um, I I just felt like it, it felt like such a universal, and it, it felt like such a. Um, like some of the films, it's like way too big of a subject to get into, a, you know, a, a, a single documentary. But I at least wanted to kind of um, look at what the what the the universal challenges and and some of the solutions were.
1: Hi there, everyone! This is Alexandra Siebenthal for Design in the City. Some of you may already know our next guest, New York-based indie filmmaker Gary Hustwit, from his iconic trilogy of design-focused documentaries. First, Helvetica examines our visual culture and how a font impacts urban spaces, asking us to take another glance at the thousands of words we see every day. Objectified is a look into our complex relationship with manufactured objects and, by extension, the people who design them and finally urbanized a window into how cities are designed that frames a discussion on their future and aimed at an audience of everyone as gary put it the latter has history with recite and we sort of had a full circle moment the documentary was shown at one of recite's first ever events and recite went on to have almost a third of the guests interviewed speak at subsequent events it's a conversation that's aged well and one that feels more relevant than ever His work takes us on a journey into how design impacts our lives from a micro level to a macro, and has helped many see design through a more humanistic lens, challenging the idea of what design is. Is it something to consume, or is it an application to make our lives better? In recent years, he's followed up with films like Rams, an intimate portrait of one of the most influential designers alive, Dieter Rams, and Workplace, which focuses on the future of our workspaces as well as his latest release, a short film called The Map, which follows the redesign of New York City's iconic subway map, one that updates in real time. Resite founder and fellow New Yorker Martin Barry spoke with Gary about his creative process, motivation, and evolution, all that led to making the kind of films he himself wants to watch.
2: Hi everyone, this is Martin Barry. Welcome to Design in the City. I'm here tonight with our guest, Gary Hustwit, filmmaker and creative from New York. Uh, Gary and I have, have met uh, several times, mostly digitally uh, as he participated in one of our recite conferences years ago, uh, showing his film Urbanized, which gave us the idea that there is no better uh, creative and cultural figure to comment on the aspects of cities we care about. So Gary. Uh, welcome to Design in the City podcast.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Martin.
2: Yeah. So you know the burning question for me is so so what's up, Gary? Uh, you're you're in New York now, I guess, or you in New Hampshire?
0: I'm in um, I'm in Brooklyn now.
2: You're, you're in Brooklyn.
0: So this has uh, been a, a very interesting week here in the U.S. and we're still awaiting the uh, final results of the election here. So like everyone else, I'm I'm tearing my hair out.
2: and 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 we're in Prague but you know I'm from Brooklyn and so I've been uh I've been staying up till like three or four in the morning watching CNN every night trying to 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 pop the bottle of champagne but it's it's still in the fridge unfortunately
0: yeah Um, it's it's um it's getting kind of unhealthy just this uh, amount of anxiety and just you know um anticipation and just all the craziness that's happening in the in the interim, so I'm I'm very much looking forward to it um, being over with, so we can get on to the to the lawsuits. And
2: <laughs> yeah, so so I don't know when it's going to be over with because it seems uh, it seems like it might go on for some time. Um, but I'm just, I'm I am looking forward to at least uh, what's what would seem to be a pretty clear like kind of quantitative decision tonight or tomorrow. I
0: hope. Sure. I mean, I think the election will be called with whether or not we go through, you know, weeks of, of recounts and 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 um, legal maneuvering is, is another story. But, you know, uh, even if even when Biden is declared president, it, it still doesn't address the um the bigger issue that that, you know, 70 million people still voted for for Trump, um, even though you know, even after seeing his behavior over the past four years. So, so there's much bigger, um, you know, bigger challenges, uh, on that division. And, um, we could have a whole other podcast just to talk about that.
2: Yeah, I think so. Um, so tell us, the last time we spoke was was probably like a month or two ago and, and we chatted a lot about the pandemic and, and how you're feeling, what's going on creatively, um, I was really inspired by by some of the things you said because for all of us that the last like six months or you know the whole year frankly is is just felt so long um and creatively it's been a challenge for a lot of us that are you know, that we're sort of at home or, or we're isolated uh, much more than we've ever been before and like as a social creature as a creative creature um what have you been up to so has something changed in the last few months um What's going
0: on? Yeah, I mean, I I think it's definitely changed in in the in the last few months. I mean, the first couple of months of lockdown, there was just you know there was only so much any of us could could really do, um, and obviously for um, for filmmaker, uh, you know I, I need to travel to to make films. I, I want to you know get people together in a in a room in a in a theater to show them films and go to film festivals and all that. So obviously that wasn't possible. What What was interesting was that um, online video watching became um, a bigger part of, of all of our lives. Um, so in, in a strange way, it ended up being a really busy time um, because there were so many people who wanted to watch films and documentaries um, from home globally. So um, so I was, I mean, kind of navigating that the first, uh, the first few months as things started to, you know, um, ease up here in, in New York city, it, it got much uh, easier. And, and I guess I'm probably speaking for everybody who's, who's been through this and we were able to, you know, get outside and, and move around and, and even um, do some filming. I, I, I made a, a short documentary um, called the map, which was about the design, the redesign, um, digital redesign of the New York subway map that just happened, um, uh, from work and co the, uh, design group and, um, and pretty much, you know, made that, you know, during the, during the pandemic here over the summer. Um, and so working on that and then just trying to look at the bigger projects that, that I had underway and, and figure out, um, how, or if to continue with them and, and, you know what the future of of filmmaking and and media is um given the sort of new landscape
2: yeah. i i think like for me um and i suspect for you also some of the things that we did as professionals um they kind of came into question i think during at least during the height of our lockdown and, and and frankly we're back in the second lockdown now so a lot of the things that we did you, you sort of thought like well is this you know is this is valuable, Do, you know. How, how how can my work change to adapt to maybe some of the needs that people go through in cities that, that we weren't addressing before? It kind of it served for me as like a reflection point. Um, like, did you feel any of that?
0: Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, here and, and I, I guess globally too, um, the Black Black Lives Matter and the George Floyd protests and everything that 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 movement um, brought up. I think also really uh, you know, for me, uh, made me question, you know, the type of, of work that I've been doing and what I want to do, you know, going forward, you know, I, I think it, it, it made design as a, um, as a, a, a as a, uh, industry or as a, you know, as a, as a medium, um, as a practice, uh, you know, really kind of, um, Reassess itself and reassess, like, what you know, what we're doing as as designers or people who think about design and how is it really benefiting society? Um, uh, and and, and, I, and I think that for me was as you know, as big or bigger than you know, the the kind of pandemic related things, and to have those both of those things happen, you know, the spring and the summer has just been, um. I think a real shift or it demands a real shift. I think what what I really get annoyed at is when I see, um, you know, design related brands or, or, or companies just kind of carrying on like it was business as usual. Maybe they just don't um, they haven't wrapped their head around how the the world is changing and how it's, how it's changed and how design needs to change. But this sort of um, uh, just kind of, Ignoring it almost, and just kind of trying to pretend like let's get back to selling, you know, selling shiny new things, um, and, and and I'm not sure that that you can justify that that name any, anymore.
2: Yeah, I, I totally agree with with this. Uh, it's it's hard to kind of yeah, it's, it's hard to talk about um, uh, some of the more I don't know, materialistic aspects of design uh, or or lifestyle that that you know might have piqued our interest in the past, but. But now there's like so many more issues on the table that need to be addressed. That uh, you know, that there's a yeah. huge spotlight across
0: them. But but also that I think design and designers are are really um, well equipped to try to contribute to. I mean, a, a, there's so many kind of systemic, um, you know, design problems in our systems of government and you know, urban design and and healthcare and so many other areas that. I, I think really need to be thought of, about by you know designers by people who kind of you know think of solutions and kind of can can you know bring kind of new ideas about how these things can can work. Um, so, uh, I, I, in some ways, I think it's it's an opportunity for, for for design and for designers to kind of get involved, and bring their training and their ideas to to all these challenges. Um, so, I'm hoping that that is what happens, you know, it, 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 to any degree, um, because that can only I only think it can be a positive, you know, bringing more um, more more ideas and more innovation to the the challenges that um, society's facing. Period.
2: Uh, I want to. Call your attention to something that was fun for us um, in the early part of the, the pandemic in the spring. Um, you know, we were circulating uh, like once per week uh, a new film you had released, and and for our office, you know, it's not full of all designers and, and, and even um, kind of those that are culturally astute. So people sometimes in our office discovered your work for the first time during COVID. Like, how important was it for you to release uh, like free films, which we thought was really awesome.
0: <laughs> um- it's interesting, I, you know. I wasn't really sure why I, I did it. It's, it's, it, you know, at, at, when lockdown started, I just felt like I wanted to contribute something to the, the greater good, and and I, and I don't, you know, really know how else I can contribute. Like I have these films that I that I've made, and it doesn't really cost me anything to let people watch them. Um, so it just seemed like. Um, the right thing to do so many people were staying indoors everybody's going crazy i was going crazy um it just felt uh like a a way that i could contribute so and then it just kind of took off um i mean it was so cool to see uh so many people who who like you said maybe hadn't seen the films um and you know this is they're free and had a ton of subtitles, and they were you know accessible all over the world, and just you know having almost a million people come to the to the site and watch them, it just I don't know again just felt like something I, some way that I could you know help whatever it is. I, I don't know if you know a film about a font is gonna you know, like it's not like gonna solve the um the pandemic, but but um at that point and and you know still still you know now in in some cities. Um, you, people just need, need inspiration and need to keep thinking and need to keep kind of believing that there's, there's, you know, that this is a temporary situation um, and, and that it can be changed. And, and uh, again, I just didn't really have any other um, way to, uh, <laughs> to, to help out. I wanted to just give, I mean, so many of my friends, musicians and, and other artists and filmmakers were really hurting and, and, you know, everyone was, was hurting, um you know economically and just emotionally so it was just the, a thing that i could could give that that um hopefully would would help that yeah no
2: really we love this and and um i could see with some of my colleagues like they were super excited to to see these films for the first time um and talk about them so um, it
0: was cool we also we had like a tip jar that was like went to different um nonprofits during the you know like for each week and Um, and you know, we, I don't know, we, I can't remember what the, the totals were, but you know, we, we, people who came and watched a film and, and left a little something, you know, provided meals for, um, you know, frontline healthcare workers here in New York and in Chicago and, and raised a ton of money for food banks and and stuff. So it was just a, a, a kind of a, a a good thing all around.
2: I, I think, uh. You know, I, I'm sure you remember. Um, I, I hope you do at least because it was such a seminal moment for us. Um, in 2011, we organized uh, what was our first conference, and, and we were like babies. You know, we had never organized a conference or an event before. Um, and we, we saw that there's this film uh, coming on the market called Urbanized, and I thought, like, well, you know, that's a nice coincidence. And so we we premiered Urbanized at Recite 2011, which was our first event. And you were super kind to to allow us to show it um, as uh, for the first time in Prague, um, and we sold out like two nights in a row. We had amazing discussions with Craig Dykers and and um, I think Jeanette Sada Khan was in that discussion. So we we we, we sort of like really uh, it was really fundamental to the launch of of what we've been spending time on the last eight years, basically to think about cities and and try to come up with good ideas and good people who 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 can make cities uh you know more full of love and seven of the people uh, the interviewed architects and urbanists in that film they spoke it recite did you know that
0: yeah no <laughs> that's great
2: it was like uh, in some ways coincidental in some ways just speaks to the quality of the film i mean you, you picked uh, some of the best folks uh, <laughs> to, to comment um Can you talk about that? I mean, like, how how important is it? um, First of all, like, uh, on some of the things we talked about before, you're totally right. Like, design uh, and designers are really well-situated to think about um, uh, solving challenges in the city. But they're also well-situated to help us think about something other than what we're going through right now. Um, And and relative to city making, um, how important is it for you? Like, did you learn something uh, making that film uh, about design's role in the city?
0: sure i mean i learned everything because when i started out i really didn't know that much but i was really interested um and i both with objectified and urbanized in in the kind of early process of 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 making the film um, you know, I tried to go to as many conferences as I as I could and um, and I, you know, just learn, learn so much and meet so many people through those conferences and and the films in some way, um, you know, become um, extensions of 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 that. Uh, like I remember I went to the Urban Age um, conference in Istanbul. I can't remember if this is in 2009 or, or 2010, but, um, you know. At that, that conference, I met um, Enrique Peñalosa and uh, just you know a lot of other people who ended up being in the film. But um, but I remember thinking as I was watching their presentations, they're so the people are amazing and their ideas are incredible. And but the presentations themselves were so bad; they were just really um, crappy. Uh, you know, PowerPoint, Keynote, you know, just text, bullet point kind of things. And I'm like, Oh my God, the, 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 if there was just better kind of imagery and video and, and the, the, you know, just the way that they conveyed the ideas and it, it was a fairly, you know, um, you know, uh, academic kind of setting, you're talking to other, you know um, people in civic government and architects and stuff. So, you know, it didn't have to be, be, you know um, that uh, engaging visually. But um, I think a lot of times what I do with the films is, is take that, those ideas and those um, people in that context and, and make it visually um, engaging and cinematic. Um, and, and I think that that uh, is, is really important because they're important ideas and, and you know, whatever, you can, whatever tools you can use to get those ideas across to a bigger audience um I think uh is really important. So um so taking the kind of dry design conference and, and I th- I think it's improved over the past 10 years, you know, or twelve years since since I, I uh, went to Urban Age. But um but I think that making those ideas, translating those ideas in a really um, you know, engaging cinematic way that makes people, you know, interested and want to watch and 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 hopefully uh you know think about these things more um is is a big part of of what i do as a filmmaker
2: i've also been to the urban age a few times and I actually I, I had the same experience as you i met like <laughs> uh, i met pina rosa and, and those guys and i was also <laughs> i'm also like design first thinker so so um one, one of the things we did at recite was like well we want to have like a super high quality conference like urban age but we really want the presentations to be better so we we actually worked with our uh, a little bit like kind of ted we worked with our speakers a lot to kind of like refine their presentations and in the early years what we did was like i have to say like wasn't so great i I think but um it's a challenge to get to to kind of like make these ideas uh as as cinematic as they can be in real life right that those ideas become places in cities um and those policies become kind of like physical in the city uh when they're built so um but yeah, it's hard, hard, hard to draw it out. And who is the audience for this? Because like, you go to the urban age and like, I come back and I tell my wife or like my sisters about this great urban conference that, uh, I went to, you know, their eyes kind of glaze over. So, but you managed to make a cool film.
0: Yeah. yeah. But that's, I mean, that's part of it that, that that's, that's, you know, kind of exactly what I'm talking about. Like, um the importance of, of, you know, who shapes our cities. I mean, it's something that we should all know more about and think more about and be more involved in, you know, whether it's on our block or our city or, you know, our state or, or, or whatever. Um, so, and I know people are uh, interested in those things. Um, but, but I, I think that they usually don't get access to those, um, Kind of you know these conferences or 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 you know hear about solutions from other cities that might work in their city. Um, I mean, I was surprised early on that there wasn't a lot of of sharing of ideas between cities. Things like the Urban Age Conference were, um, you know, I think trying to to do more of that. But I was uh, I just kept having this 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 um, thought of well, if you know. Tens of millions of people see a, a documentary about this stuff. It's it's going to get these ideas out there, and and you know you never know what what happens when you um, set that kind of thing in motion. So that was really the driving um, you know force for me. I, I thought everybody was the audience for this film, um, you know, and, and I think I always I always. I mean, when it comes down to it, I'm making the the film for me. I mean, I, I'm I'm interested in the stuff, and I want to watch a movie about it. But there's there there aren't any, um, and and you know, so I just have to kind of make them. But uh, but you know, again, I think everyone's the audience for that film. Um, everybody should be involved in their their city, and and understand the forces at play, and understand the 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 different stakeholders. Um, but, but no one had made something that you could watch in 85 minutes and, and at least get, you know, some of those, uh, those concepts.
2: Yeah. I I want to geek out just for like one, uh, one more minute on, on urbanized because, um, in the opening scenes, uh, and I remember watching this, I was like 30, I guess about 30 years old at the time. And I remember watching this film and I was kind of the young landscape architect, you know, super excited about my projects all the time. And one of my projects was on the Brooklyn waterfront at the edge uh, in Williamsburg. It's like one of my first projects out of school. And in the opening credits of the film, Amanda Burden is reviewing um, a plan, a design, design document on the table. And on the table is a plan that I had drawn. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> for, yeah for for the for the Euler, uh, the the universal land use wow. review process. It was the, the, the rendered uh, plan and so i you can see this in the opening credits i'm sure you know that's so funny um it's like you can see that the, the plan really clearly for like one second in the film and i remember watching you like oh my gosh that's my that's my plan
0: that's amazing i had no idea it was completely completely random it was what they were talking about that day it didn't have anything it wasn't uh anything that i uh, influenced
2: no, cause we didn't know each other, you know, until like, uh, probably two years later. So of course not, but I was that's so great. happy, <laughs> that's great. I was so happy to see that. Yeah. And the park is built now, both phases. I think the last phase was just finished, um, recently. Yeah, it's a, that's, so, it's a, that's so funny. The, the design was really done by my boss, Barbara Wilkes at the time. And I was just the guy doing the, the fancy drawings, but, um, yeah, there's really fun for me to see that, um. Uh, so so the the what, what one of the things we love about your films is like the aspect of scale you know you go from Helvetica Helvetica which is this kind of like micro scale of a font um, of course it's outsized impact uh, as at a small scale but then up to this kind of huge scale and um, um, with urbanism and so is that important to kind of go between scales in your film did that come about naturally or
0: yeah that, that was accidental that that wasn't a, a plan it seems um... You know very uh thought out but it but it wasn't <laughs> i mean yeah. Hel- well, like helvetica in itself kind of does that you know it, it's it's seemingly about just this one small thing but then you know this kind of whole world of of people and creativity and history kind of um you know comes out from that uh objectified like after i'd made helvetica objectified just to me felt like the next thing that I wanted to look at. I, I'm I'm into product design and gadgets and and you know, um, and again, there hadn't been a film made about it. So it it felt like very organic as the next thing. Um, and I remember starting to make it at one point, I, I just felt like, God, I'm talking about the same thing as as in as in Helvetica, you know, this like modernism versus postmodernism and, you know, a rational design versus expressive design and all the, all these same same ideas um and i you know I, I helvetica was my first film so i really didn't know how to make a film any other way so it ended up feeling very much like a a, a part um the two films so uh it, you know halfway through objectified i was traveling so much and seeing so many cities and you know, I'm into architecture, and I was thinking about that those things as well. So I then I kind of had the idea, sort of halfway through, objectified of, of maybe making a, a, a film about, um, you know, architecture and and cities. So then I, I kind of just had, saw that little you know, um, the the relationship between the three films and and kind of thought of them as a as a group, um, but it wasn't something that I that I thought of beforehand.
2: Yeah. I think in even another one of your films, you talk about, uh, well, the film talks a little bit about cities and it's, it's the Wilco documentary, right? Um, I think at a certain point, Jeff Tweedy's talking about kind of the barrenness of the, of the U.S. landscape as they're driving through like, I don't know, some like Omaha or something. Um,
0: yeah, I don't think I was thinking about it at that point. Yeah,
2: of course, <laughs> but, uh, I'm the one making the connections.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, we've done it. I've I've produced a, a few films that have a lot of touring in them. Um, you know, band bands touring, and and that's you know, I was involved in independent music, and then when I started uh, to kind of help produce and distribute films, they were they were music documentaries. So um so yeah there's always been a kind of a lot of touring and a lot of going to cities and you know I'd been working with bands before that so that aspect of travel and of seeing um kind of the different scenes in each city I I felt like when I was um making Helvetica and Objectified and, and touring to show them um you know I went to hundreds of cities and I kind of saw the design crowd and you know met so many people from those places and um I think when you travel and you come into a city you haven't been to before you you instantly get a a sense of like well, okay oh it's is it easy for me to get from the airport into the into the town how do I get around when I'm in town I've got a lot of equipment with me is that going to be a problem do I have to take a car do I have to rent a car like like you, you immediately um kind of figure out all these um all these puzzles that that, that a city presents Um, and you know what's the social life like there and what's the community like like there so I'd sort of just you know been exposed to so much of that you know over those over over those years that um, it it just felt like a natural progression to kind of you know think about it in in documentary terms Um, and I always think that you know, urban design is the is the, is the one. The, I think the 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 area of design that has the biggest impact on our daily lives. Every every everything you do when you wake up, you know, when you walk out of the door, is determined by, you know, some sort of urban design principle or or developer or or architect. So, um, I I just felt like it felt like such a universal, and it, it felt like such a. Um, like uh, some of the films that's like way too big of a subject to get into a, you know a, a, a single documentary but i at least wanted to kind of um look at what the what the the universal challenges and and some of the solutions were
2: yeah i think that's a really good point uh particularly about the with the aspects of bands like i think gary uh, sorry um david byrne uh, talks about that really well um when he's on tour, he, like the Bicycle Diaries book that he wrote talks about how he sees the, the like cities from the road. It's, it's really interesting if, if our listeners have ever um, uh, have not seen it or, or read it yet. Um, let's, let, I think we're like, we're talking about urban films and, and um, of course the latest film he did was, was uh, another kind of short masterpiece, but do you want to talk a little bit about the map?
0: Um, sure. Uh, like, you know, for those, uh, uh people listening who aren't familiar with the New York City subway um, and the, the the map controversies, um, like everything else in New York City, everybody's got an opinion about it but uh, so you know the New York City subway originally was built by three independent companies that weren't necessarily, you know, thinking about working together. They were just building out sections of the city um, with tunnels and, and trains. And in the 60s, when the MTA, uh, which is the you know, transportation authority here in New York, uh, wanted to kind of integrate those three systems, they brought in um, Unimark, which was a, a design firm that Massimo Vignelli uh, was, was heading to do the signage for the, um, for the subway system, kind of a unified signage, and also to do a, a map. And, and Vignelli, uh, along with um, Joan Charison, who was a, a young designer who had just joined Unimark, um, designed a very beautiful modernist geometric diagram of the subway uh, that was more like the London um, subway map, maybe. It didn't really relate to geography. It was just about, here's some, a line, here's a red line, here are the stops on it. Um, it was a, a geometric diagram. And New Yorkers... Uh, reacted to it uh, in, in <laughs> a lot of different um, negative ways. But one thing, Vignelli, like everything on, on the, the, the diagram is either um, at a 90 or 45 degree angle. So to make the lines, the train lines fit the grid, he, he basically moved the location of the stations so it would better line up with, with his um, graphic design which I think is, um, which is pure, pure Vignelli. Uh, And so people got angry (laughs) because they got out of the station and it should have been on, you know, on this side of 7th Avenue, but it was on the other side of 7th Avenue because Vignelli had changed the position. So um, there were public debates uh, and this was in 72 when they, they released it. And then in 79, uh, it was it was ultimately um, replaced by a map, pretty much the map we have now, which is a geographic map uh, of the city. But it's it's very um, it's very busy to look at every all the information that is you know in on New York City streets and then put the subway. So it was different philosophies about it: this geographic versus geometric. Um, and basically, the technology didn't really exist to kind of. Um, make that those two things reconcile and obviously with digital and phones and and um, also the modernization of the actual subway system which um, is still pretty um, archaic the uh, opportunity was there to try to do a digital subway map that could kind of reconcile those two things so work and co which is a design firm here basically took it took it uh, the challenge on um, pro bono and had been working for the past two years to make this uh, new evolution of the digital subway map. Um, and it's a live map, so it's, it's a web app. Anybody can go and look at it online, but uh, it's, it's a live map, so it's reacting to the current status of the system in New York City. The lines change a lot. They'll, you know, the F line will run on the, the AC, tracks for a certain point, uh, you know, just all the maintenance and stuff. Um, so in this, the, the new work and come app, you can actually see the trains moving in the lines. So it's, it's live and it kind of um, if you zoom out, it looks more like the, you know, Vignelli or um, uh, it looks more, um, you know, geographic. And as you zoom in, it starts to uh, lock into kind of the actual, geography of these of the um, the streets and the station locations but um so it's it's a blend of the two so those are all things that i like i i i'm i'm a geek about so i i i made a short film i collaborated with working co to kind of see their process but also go out in the city and film it
2: and Working Co. I didn't do enough research uh, on them, unfortunately. But can you tell us a little bit about about their process? Like, how did they get this commission? And, and was it just a kind of they, they mentioned as a labor of love um, in the film? Yeah. they like, just volunteered well, to the MTA.
0: They're, um, I mean, they're they're, you know, they do a lot of digital design and app design. Um, and they are uh, the initially a group of designers who were were at Huge, which is another uh, design firm. Um, there's a lot of Brazilians uh, involved in the company, um, and the I think the, the the genesis of it was they were involved in um, a basically kind of a lab uh, that was um, put on um, several years ago to kind of think of new sort of ways that that technology and digital design could um, could you know, help the transit system here in New York, like a tech innovation lab for, for transit. Uh, and then through that, I think, came the idea of this, you know, that the MTA really needed a better digital map that was responsive and dynamic. And and um, Felipe and the other designers at, uh, at Work & Co just kind of, I think, just took up the challenge because they're also, you know, they love, you know, the legacy of, of Vignelli and the kind of, uh, you know, other map designs of the city. And I think wanted to kind of, um, you know, try to put their mark on it as well. Yeah. It's
2: uh, anyone who's, who's traveled the New York city subway system has like a gripes and complaints. Um, and particularly about the map, I remember like uh, always carrying around the little foldable paper map. Um, you know, you're like pouring over uh, as a kid, trying to navigate the city it's it's uh it's amazing if anyone's not tried this before it's really it's really special so you should definitely do it you can see it on gary's website or also the mta um the the process of your films gary like if we can go into it a little bit deeper um like how do you i I think now you're going through an evolution probably like like most of us but like if you could speak generally or maybe even more specifically about like something new you're working on, like how do you approach the topic of your films and, and it's like, what's the process like?
0: Um, I mean, th- they all stem from, from things that, that like I want to see, but that there really isn't anything out there yet. Um, I think that's, that's pretty much my process in, in a nutshell. Um, like if there would have been a great documentary about, about, fonts um in 2005 when i when i initially had the idea to um for helvetica if there had already been something i probably wouldn't have even maybe become a filmmaker i just you know i was so obsessed with um the idea of that film and i I couldn't believe that it didn't already exist um and i think i think that's my process for for pretty much everything um but once i uh, once i have an idea i'm a i'm a constant scribbler down of ideas um you know no matter what they are if i have an idea for something whether it's an a film or or an artwork or a product or something i'll scribble it down and just kind of go back through those notes you know weeks or months later and and um and just think is this still a good idea am i still obsessed with this thing or maybe i'll go out and oh it already exists and you know i don't i don't need to do it but um, that's a that's a uh, again a big a big part of of my process if i go back six months later and i'm still obsessed with this thing and it still doesn't exist and and you know i think that i'm a person that can can take it on and then i just um you know then i start i start working on it i, I don't do a lot of like i don't know focus groups or <laughs> any kind of thing like like uh, would you watch a movie about you know dieter Rams i mean like i'm just like Somebody needs to make the movie about Dieter Rams before he dies, um, and you know I'm probably the only person that he would have let do it. So I, I was like, okay, well, I've got to, I've got to do it. And then I just, I just start the process and and just move forward. Um, so it's pretty simple. <laughs>
2: and has it changed at all in the last like few months? Like it? The... Um, I, I, th-
0: I think so. I, you know, uh, again, part of it is looking at um, at what. I do and how it affects design, um, and designers and young designers and students who are getting interested in design, Um, and, and thinking about, you know, me thinking about, okay, well, what, what's the type of, you know, documentary that I can make that, um, that, that can serve those people, but also be something that I'm really interested in and, and passionate about. Um, and, you know, you know, that that is definitely changed in the past, you know, nine months. I think things that I thought of before pandemic and and BLM and, you know, like nine months later, a year later, I'm kind of like, huh, is this is is this really, you know, um, as timely or as important, you know, now as it as it was a year ago? Um, at the same time, are there other things that I think are 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 more important? Um, so I, I think a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of people are, are sort of recon- reconciling that um, in in their own lives and in their own work. Um, so it's been a constant process over the past year, just kind of um, trying to kind of reassess, uh, you know, the next films that I'm going to make. Am I even going to make films? I mean, I've had a lot of times where I've just like, you know what, I just want to, you know, design houses or something or, you know, just like do some urban development projects or, you know, start a, I don't know, bike company. I don't know. just whatever. Just, just like do something other than, than making films. Um, but uh, I, 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 I always come back to, um, you know, I, I, I want to watch the movies <laughs> and, and that's this driving factor. Like I didn't start, I didn't <clears throat> go to film school. I wasn't some, you know, diehard cinephile like i i i didn't have any desire to make films until until i made helvetica so uh, you know i i just keep thinking about you know they take a long time to make they take you know 2 or 3 years to make and when i'm done they're just this intangible thing um you know it's a digital file and um <clears throat> there's some part of me that's like really wants to actually also make tangible things too and design things like i think that my interest in making design films probably stems from just me being a kind of closet designer i I mean in a lot of ways i maybe should have just gone to design school instead of trying to make these movies um probably would have been uh, more productive but uh uh, again for for me it, it has been about that it has been about a way of learning and exploring these these subjects that i'm interested in um so yeah I, you know I, I, going forward i'm still i still haven't just settled on what exactly i i, I want to do um in terms of of new films i, I have a list of like literally like a hundred films that 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 i would love to to see um and for me it's just about which one of these things is, is, um, is the most timely and and is something that I want to spend the next two or three years of my life working on and maybe, you know, 10 or 15 or 20 years, uh, talking about, um, I didn't think I would still be talking about Helvetica, you know, 15, 16 years later.
2: Yeah. I can imagine that's probably a strange feeling, but it's such an impactful film for a lot of people. Um, which I you know I would f- personally hate for you to stop making films, um, but <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> as someone that makes physical places, also um, in in my life, I can I can understand the the need. I've been making physical places since, since I was a kid, basically, like, um, and so now it's kind of what I do with my, with my career. So I can understand that, and and you you um. You were th- talking recently about like creating some kind of collective that would like uh that would kind of just work on projects whether they be houses or you know urban designs or developments or whatever. Is that something that's uh, that's hot or is it just like an idea?
0: Yeah, I mean this is pre pre-pandemic. I, I was kind of um getting into this idea of of doing some um well, almost like having a a band that 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 you know that makes spaces (laughs) having a lot of different people and collaborators in a lot of different places um, that would come together in different combinations to do interesting, you know um, buildings or, you know, either temporary or permanent interventions and um, just get a lot of uh, I don't know, thought and, and um, action into building new spaces and thinking about how, you know, we, we want to live going forward um, and, and having it be this sort of a little bit more experimental, but, but not just a, a, a think tank, also making stuff. And um, it's something that I, that I, that I still want to do. Um, I, th- I think that, you know, like a lot of ideas um, for a lot of people, just the, you know, the past nine months have, has put things on hold and, um, but it, it's definitely something I'm still, I'm still interested in. Uh, so so we'll see that's the that's the um that's one direction <laughs> that that I'm that I'm thinking of but even that i think is is something that films and and documentary can be a part of i mean you know how many times does a developer before they um you know develop a a, a project go in and make a documentary about the city and the neighborhood and the people and and try to use filmmaking as this um, you know, part of the, the research and part of the design of a, of a building or a, or a, you know, a, a apartment complex or, or something. Um, I, w- I would venture to say that's never happened, um, but it's something that I think would be really interesting. I, I, I'd want to watch that movie and I want to see how that level of, um, of research uh, beforehand, um, you know, affects the, the, the ultimate design.
2: One of the, the, I'd say like, uh, you talk about VR, um, and I know you've, you've worked a bit on, on VR projects. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do, Do you, I mean, one way you could imagine kind of storytelling and filmmaking making their way into the physical world is of course like through VR, but I'm thinking almost like putting people, um, like, uh, putting VR into the public engagement process. Do you think that, that, that's something that could be kind of helpful because it's a, it's 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 sort of a way of like using VR to kind of uh, design virtual experiences where people can kind of see the future, see the future project. Is is that something?
0: Um... Um, I mean, maybe conceptually, I think my biggest issue with 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 VR is just the um, the actual technology behind creating and experiencing it, and the limitations. Um, both from a, a, you know, a technical side, but also from an an accessibility side. Um, It still feels to me very much, uh, you know, um, just a 1% of 1% (laughs) of the people even kind of have access to it. Uh, And I know that if you're trying to influence a policymaker and you can put them in the refugee camp, you know, with a VR experience, um, it does affect people more when they experience something in VR versus just watching it on a on a screen. Um how that translates to, you know, urban design and, you know, uh equity in cities and um you know, I I think is is a is a is a much bigger a much bigger idea, but I mean just even just kind of taking the time to kind of go in and think about what a neighborhood needs versus what the developer can make the most profit off of i mean the the you know i live in new york city which is just uh, just stupid how how much um you know profit uh motive there is for for developers and that's all they think about i mean maybe there's a couple percent <laughs> of thought that goes into the, the actual, you know, placemaking and, 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 you know, where its context is in the, in, in the community, but almost all of it is just maximizing the footprint for, you know, the most dollars per square foot. And, and that's, um, it's not sustainable. Uh, so, uh, and it's not equitable either. So, you know, I think having a, Urban design and architecture and development practice that that took those things into account um, uh, would, is something that, that again I'm interested in in supporting and I'm also interested in kind of being a part of.
2: And tell us about the 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 real experience now and on on city streets in New York particularly because I think you know some of our listeners are not from there they're from all over the world and I've seen. Uh, a lot of cities, particularly with outdoor dining, there's almost like this kind of new, new guerrilla urbanism happening. Um, Is it changing the the streets like for the better thing?
0: Well, I have noticed there's way more biking. I mean, it's not quite Amsterdam here, but um, there's a lot of people in bicycles now because you know, there's a a reluctance to take the subway. Um, And it's that, that's one thing. I mean, New York, did invest in kind of bicycle infrastructure and some protected bike lanes. And, um, you know, as opposed to 10 years ago, I think it's, um, it's, it's much better on those fronts. And I I know the city had a lot of, a lot of people criticized the city, you know, 10 years ago for, um, for doing more kind of bike lanes, but um, I think it's, it's paid off uh, in terms of people's ability to get around now so um that's been interesting the 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 <laughs> bicyclists are not as as uh as as organized or as uh knowledgeable as like Copenhagen or or amsterdam cyclists though and also the pedestrians don't still don't just people walk into bike lanes constantly and you know it's a it's a it's a hassle but um you know that's one one side effect of this, uh, of lockdown. And yeah, I mean, I think the, the, you know, the street, the street dining, I mean, you know, you, you, there's so many restaurants have, have been shut down and still are continue to, to shut down. Cause even with the on street dining, it's really not anywhere close to what the, the, the volume was before. So I think it's a good stop gap. Um, but you know, when winter comes, I, I just don't think, you know, for a city like New York, it's not gonna be feasible. Um, so it's, um, it's hard. I mean, it's it's like, again, like everybody, like everybody in a, any big city, it's, um, you know, it's, uh, it's an impact. And, and I think if you look at even the political situation in the US, it is so much kind of city versus rural um, politically. Uh, and the cities have been impacted harder uh you know both in terms of um you know death toll and and infection rate but also in kind of economic um impact than some of the rural communities so you know e- even there there's you know in the dealing with this um this virus there's been kind of political ramifications that that manifested themselves you know this week in in the election here too so um, it's really just, I, I think we're all still trying to kind of figure it out, um, you know, while we're in the middle of it, you know, what the long-term implications of this are. I mean, we talked before about um, offices and, you know, I i, I made a, this project workplace that was looking at the future of the office. And... Um, and you know i think it's still an open question as to like what is the future of of collaborative you know work and you know how are we going to address these um you know the kind of realities now
2: um yeah and, and the the street the street front dining uh, at least like a sidewalk dining it's uh, i don't know the, the design solutions uh, that have um popped up in some ways they're they're kind of like they bring me joy I, of course i'm not experiencing it because i haven't been back to new york since like february Um, but it's like, you have this like crazy little city developing on the sidewalks. It's, it's, um, I don't know, from a distance, it feels like there's a lot more vibrancy.
0: Oh, definitely. Then there is because there's just more, more street life. But, but again, I feel like we're in the last few weeks of it. And even though they, they've allowed those, those, um, restaurants to bring on like gas heaters, um, onto the streets to, uh, you know, to keep people warm. I I just think in, in, in winter, it's, it's not going to it's not going to be as 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 vibrant
2: i talk a little bit about your storytelling and i think that's one like that's one of the most brilliant things you do is to be able to tell a story which is relatively mundane um, and kind of like highlight all its intricacies and make it just super interesting and engaging um, <laughs> yes that's yeah, funny because I, a... I don't
0: because i don't think of it as mundane <laughs> that's probably the <laughs> that's no, probably I mean, why like, uh, maybe I'm <laughs> i think that maybe of... other people <laughs> other people might think they're mundane but i think that's part of the that's part of the um that's part of the answer it's like i i'm super obsessed and super passionate and and very engaged with with the seemingly mundane subjects i guess so i
2: I omitted the word seemingly because i think for the (laughs) for a general audience i think like uh that's sort of what i'm referring to like uh, it's uh you're telling an amazing story for someone that i hadn't really thought about um
0: sure sure yeah. and, and again i'm approaching it like like it is a super exciting you know subject and i think all the people that i'm talking to you know designers and 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 others they also think it. they're really passionate and excited about it too so that that translates to the screen um and i i, I always feel like especially with helvetica I just had this like secret weapon in all these incredible designers who were just great speakers and, and just super, um, you know, funny and, and smart people, you know, um, Paula Scher and, and Eric speakerman and, you know, uh, uh, just, you know, David Carson, just all these people that, 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 um, the design community knew and they you know, had seen at conferences and seen speak, but people outside the design world really, you know, hadn't been exposed to them. So, you know, I got, I got to kind of um, lean on that, you know, I got to just let them be who they are and, and just like, you know, kind of expose them to a, to a wider audience. So um, I feel like, that yeah, that's kind of the thing for me. I feel like it's unfair. Like I have an unfair advantage because I, I get to tap into all these amazing designers, um, and, and and let them talk about things that they're passionate about. And and I think that's it's naturally engaging. You know, like I I I love watching people talk about stuff that they're interested in. Even if I'm not that interested in in it, um, I just I appreciate the the passion for it.
2: Yeah. How do you translate that? Because you've talked about a couple of things that have been driving you lately. Like you talked about BLM a few times. Um, if you were to make a film on BLM, could you capture the same energy? It's a, it's a heavier topic, right?
0: Well, and also like the first thing would be like, am I the person that should be doing it, you know, or should I just be trying to kind of like help, um, you know, amplify some, an, another filmmaker who's doing it. Uh, Cause it, it's really, um, it's about, Um, point of view you know yeah yeah, um yeah i I feel like and it's definitely like something like urbanized but but um you know other design films that i've been thinking of um you know you've got to do the work to like make make sure you're getting as many as, as a diverse cast as as possible um because um it is about representation you know it is about students and and young people seeing these um you know designers on screen and 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 identifying with them or being inspired by them to kind of you know um do a career in design or get get more interested in design so that's something i definitely you know kind of deeply feel now um but uh i you know approaching any subject and trying to kind of um you know, make a film about it. A lot of it is about uh, pre-visualization, and that's something that I that I that I do a lot. I can kind of, I mean, when I had the idea for Helvetica, I pretty much saw the whole film in my head. I could just kind of really just watch it, just kind of going to cities and seeing type in the streets, and then talking to a designer there, and then we're off to the next city, and and kind of hearing the the music, you know, which at that time was music I was listening to anyway. Um, so just just being able to kind of watch a a a film that that doesn't exist yet in your head and think is this something that's going to be you know good or 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 is it going to work um i do a lot of that uh kind of pre-editing and pre-visualization um so i think with any topic that i think of or any film idea that i have i just try to watch it you know i just sort of close my eyes and, and, and think about it and, you know, does, is it something I would want to actually see on the screen?
2: Yeah, it's actually how you think about making places as well. So I think you have to yeah. process this down.
0: Yeah. yeah, no, that's totally, yeah, you're thinking about what the experience is going to be like inside this this building or this room or walking up to it and, you know, and, and experiencing it from inside and outside. Um, and, yeah, I think that the film, filmmaking is the same way. Well, they're both about experience design. Um. You know, because I feel that film film is experiential. Like, I don't think of documentary as this learning tool or teaching tool or, or whatever. I feel like um, it's an experience. It's as much about what you think about while you're watching a film that has nothing to do necessarily with the film. Or maybe it does, or maybe it's tangential. But um, this idea of getting your mind in the right state to think creatively Um And I think about that a lot in the films. There's Sometimes there's these little breaks, you know, that maybe we're not listening to someone talking and we're just kind of processing, you know, what we just heard. And you kind of have to think about giving that space to a viewer of a film. Um, And it's something that I... I totally think about when I'm watching a movie. You know, you can be onslaught by onslaught by tons of information and it just at some point it's just too much. Um, you need that those um you need the room in there uh for, for the viewer to kind of draw their own conclusions or 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 think more deeply about what what's being discussed.
2: Yeah, I think so. I want you to think uh, deeply about this next question. Maybe it's like uh, I think it's too early to ask you, but you asked the question in ramps, so I think it's kind of appropriate to ask you <laughs> here. And like, uh, and it's definitely too early because you're still like uh, in the prime of your career. But like, um, knowing what you know now, like, how would you do it differently, and what would you do differently?
0: Huh. Um, I think that uh, you know in the beginning like when i was in college i mean i got i was kicked out of college twice i didn't i didn't finish school my friends at the time were all in bands and i was really interested in music and and you know i i i you know played guitar a little bit and you know but i think i was um not intimidated but my all the, all the friends that I met were so good they were just naturally super talented musicians and you know were, were writing songs and they were so in 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 some ways I stopped um pursuing music uh in terms of of playing and creating music but I became this uh you know promoter of concerts and I worked uh, with record labels and I booked tours and you know, all these amazing things that that definitely informed my career. But it was only maybe, you know, 25 years later that I was like, <laughs> looking back and sort of wishing that I would have stuck with actually making music and just would have been interesting to see, I don't know, what what would have happened if I would have, you know, um, devoted my, myself to actually, you know, being a musician as opposed to, um, you know, these sort of more support or, or uh, you know, empowering other musicians, um, which again has, has, you know, informed everything that I that I've done, whether it's in music or books or film or, or whatever. But um, sometimes I think that if I had to do it again, I would have, I would have stuck with, <laughs> stuck with playing guitar, and um, and, and and it would it just been interesting to see where I would be, you know, thirty years later if I would have stuck with that.
2: <laughs> well, I think, like, uh, you might not know this, but there's two people on this podcast that were kicked out of college. I think uh, most of the people in my orbit don't know that, but like, um, it's crazy how those kind of experiences at that age, you know, that was like 20, I think, um, which is not a fun call back home to my mom. Um, but, but they, like, the aftermath of that uh, shaped so much of who you become, I think, and it, it really was impactful for like how how my career developed, if you can call it that. Probably the same for you, right? You get you started making films probably because of that.
0: Um. W- well, I mean, I, I started, uh, you know, um, working with with bands and kind of you know DIY, you know, independent music, um, which was. It's something I was interested in, but at the time, it wasn't like a major in college. You know, you couldn't take that. Uh, And I was learning so much more just doing it um, and and talking to other people who were doing it that the whole, you know, aesthetic was just do it yourself. So it just seemed like natural that you would want to just get out there and, and do it and learn from it and that other people were doing it and, you know, they were getting by. So, you know, why not? Um, but there was that real sense of just like, um, experimentation and adventure and yeah, going on a month long U S tour with a bunch of your friends and driving around the country and, you know, meeting people and, um, you know, networking. So, you know, that, that, uh, model, I think is something that, that, that I then applied to book publishing and, and films and, you know, web businesses and every, the other things that I've done in the past, um but uh at the time it was something i couldn't you know i I couldn't you couldn't learn it at school so it was just i wasn't interested in anything that 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 um that i was you know that was being offered at at university
2: i love process and and so like even these kind of tough moments are are so important which is like you know reminds me of now like you know it's a really crappy moment now but there's you know something is going to come out of this for us um positive i i i suspect but
0: yeah i mean i i i hope um people try to take it as a as a again maybe not a positive but but um but as an opportunity you know i i think it's it's one of those times where you have a license to kind of recreate yourself or or change direction um and uh you know i think people you know maybe want to want to do something that's more important to them personally than what they were doing before and it's just such a moment of change with like layoffs and you know companies closing and you know um I, i think it's 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 the perfect time to try something new because there's you really don't have that much to lose right now um, and and everything, everyone's changing. Everything's changing. Like I said, you kind of have a a, a license now to kind of reinvent. So I, I hope a lot of designers and and architects and um, creatives uh, take that opportunity. You know, it's not just about hunkering down and making through. You know, this and then you know everything will go back to normal. Um, you know, I think you have to look at what you do and think about. Okay, well. You know look at the current parameters and and think about how you can reinvent what you do to kind of um, better better fit it um or just outright change and and start something that is completely different that you're you know secretly passionate about that you've you've avoided doing because you, you know, thought you had to keep the, the steady paycheck going. Oh,
2: yeah. yeah. That's a good point. Um, listen, I think it's, we've talked a long time, but I want to ask you, we have a couple, we, we selected a few questions from our audience and would you mind answering quickly, like three, a couple of questions. Okay. So we short, we shortlisted three. Um, this one's kind of fun. Uh, I'd love to watch a movie about pavements as a, the identity of cities. Can you direct that film? <laughs> <laughs>
0: um pavements like in because some people refer to sidewalks as pavements right
2: yeah but like you know even in new york you have different like sidewalk patterns and um some are stone some are concrete some have big squares little squares um is
0: sure where they where they yeah, go yeah. yeah yeah um sure <laughs> i could do that okay pavement the movie
2: (laughs) (laughs) i like i like that um okay
0: you know i just i recently saw it i don't think it's come out yet but there's a a a film called um tokyo drive which is about the um, japanese uh architects uh sana um or at least one of the the partners there, but it's like a a drive around Tokyo, just talking about architecture and streets and and everything. And to me that that sounds um, like you could that sounds like a model that you could use to make the pavement film, because um, it is about kind of experiencing a city or different cities like from the street. And and I, I like the idea of uh, of that film.
2: Okay, well, so that's going to make somebody really happy. I think. Um, <laughs> I think, I mean, at least like someone that designed a lot of city streets um, is me. Like, I think you'll probably find some, uh, a lot of cultural stories in in pavement designs, um, which could be cool. Um, Let's see. There's two more quick ones. Uh, Would you consider documenting automotive industrial design?
0: Mm. Yeah, that's something that has come up a lot. Um, And and I've been approached a few different times to to maybe do an an auto design um, film. Um, and and I, I think it could be uh, pretty amazing. Uh, you know, it, it, it's definitely, if you look at the, the history and how, you know, the car changed cities and the environmental issues and the kind of the technology. And it's it's really a film about mobility, but, you know, told from the standpoint of the car. And do we need cars? And I think there's a lot of interesting um, angles to come at it. And it's global. And those are things that I... That I um, you know, those are boxes that I always have to check in terms of if I think an idea is good. I'm like, is it something that everybody is experiencing? Um, and are there, you know, a hundred different ways to kind of approach the the story? Um, and I and I think the automobile design and automobiles in general is is something that that I could probably make a a, a good film about. Um, that said i haven't (laughs) i haven't had the opportunity it's not probably the first thing that i would come out you know in 2021 and, and start making um but uh i feel like that's the um that's the problem like i'm not like the bbc or someone like i can't just like make 10 films at once about all these things that should be should be um should be made but uh Maybe I should just go on it. Maybe I should I need to raise like a hundred million dollars and then bring on staff and really <laughs> make all these things really quickly because um there's so many, there's so many things to talk. I mean, when I okay, before I started Helvetica, there were no design films. There was no. A, there had never been a design documentary shown in theaters before or, you know, a feature length uh documentary about design on television. Um and and now i kind of think we we sort of take it for granted there's a lot of design films and series and stuff but there are still so many um you know aspects of design that have not been explored um in documentary form so uh it's one of those things that that keeps me um obsessed uh um but because there are so many designers and you know, areas of design that, that, that should be explored and talked about more. And, and film is a great way to do that.
2: And the, the last one is is probably a viewer of Helvetica. Um, is there a, a serif font that you like? <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, be
2: careful.
0: Well, so like, I, I think like a lot of people, uh, what I first got interested in typography, I did use like some Garamond and some Caslon, uh, and maybe some Bodoni, but but I think somehow I got into more of the sans serifs and, and and that stuck with me. And it wasn't like I was obsessed with Helvetica and that's why I had to make Helvetica the movie. Um, I think I, I used a lot of different typefaces, but um, and, and I really just wanted to make a movie about typefaces and and type in our environment and the people who design type and use it. And Helvetica, the, the you know, the typeface just ended up being kind of this, uh, a good vehicle to kind of do, to talk about, to do those things. But when I first started thinking of that film, it wasn't about one font. It was about all fonts. And, and I think uh, at the same time, I think like Lars Mueller's little Helvetica Homage to a type Facebook had come out and there was still a lot of talk about this, you know, love, hate thing and the resurgence of Helvetica. Um, and somehow I just kind of saw that and like, okay, well that, that's an interesting structure because it's everywhere in New York. I mean, it's on the subways, it's on the streets, it's on the buses, it's, you know, on a million logos. So if you start looking for something, you, you just, you know, that's all you see, you, you, you notice it, um, and 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 that was the uh you know that was the main reason that i that i that i made the film but i'm not like uh you know some diehard helvetica user i use a lot of typefaces in my own um work but i will say i tend to go sans serif i'll, I'll just i'll leave it at that <laughs>
2: okay that's a great answer so uh, gary's uh gary's giving us a lot of time so Thanks so much. Can you can you like? Is there something I missed? Do you want to talk about something or tell us something that we didn't discuss? I
0: think the only thing that we we maybe talked about is that that idea of um, of part part of the kind of inspiration for projects is like, like I see things in other uh, disciplines or other media and then try to transfer or think about transferring them to what to what I do. Do we want to? Is that interesting to talk about? Or
2: yeah, yeah. That's, I had a question that I I. I thought we kind of addressed it, but let's definitely talk about it. So, um, so Gary, a lot of the work that you do, I think is inspired by like cross-disciplinary thinking behavior. What, like, tell us more about this because it's, it's a lot of what we do as well. And and it's like, uh, bringing ideas together for the city, uh, particularly design ideas. Like how does it play into your work?
0: Yeah. It's something that, that I'm always thinking about when I, when I look at other, um, media or I look at art or music or what other um brands or, or or people are doing like one of the first things i think of when i see something that i think is interesting is like okay well what's the equivalent in what i do like i'm a documentary filmmaker you know what 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 how, how do i translate that to to what i do um i, I had the opportunity to go to uh, mass mocha the um the museum up in uh north adams massachusetts that recently you know kind of reopened and it's limited capacity and everything which is amazing because i'd never been there before and um and with the limited capacity it's a massive massive space and there were probably 20 people there i mean it was some it was ridiculous it was like got to see this james terrell uh exhibit um and just so many other a so whole Jenny Holzer thing there and it was it was incredible to see so many ideas in, in visual art but um but remembering how much that is a is a thing like experiencing art in that setting and then kind of letting it simmer and thinking about how it applies to what what you do but I remember there was an exhibit there that was about translation in the sense of like artistic translation like seeing something in another media and then translating it to. A different one like someone an artist took photographs i can't remember what that what the theme was but then she reproduced them in these large scale uh um uh woven works like these big tapestries basically based on these photographs a whole series of them so it's that idea of like taking something from one media and 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 transferring it um and and even just like i led today um there's a story in the new york times about um brian eno an interview with with Eno that uh he just released a um a compilation of film music uh that did include one track of his um score for the uh, my film rams but um I think they he, he someone was asking about ambient music and when he started creating ambient music and, and he said. Um, ambient was was really a way of saying now i'm designing musical experiences like he changed from like i'm doing music to like i'm, I'm designing experiences that are these sound experiences and i mean this is just this morning when i read it but i immediately it was like okay well how do i think about that as a filmmaker <clears throat> like you know can i can i design a kind of a visual experience uh, you know versus just kind of making a documentary and and what are ways that you could make a visual experience that don't necessarily um you know require somebody to look at a screen on their laptop or whatever but it's like using these um you know, things that you're seeing, things that you're interested in in other, in other media um, and using them as prompts to think about how how can I incorporate that or what's the equivalent of that in what I do. Um, it, it, you know, I don't know how useful it is, uh, but it's something that I that I sort of um, end up doing naturally and, and thinking a lot about. And, and I think it's helpful for for other people to think about those things too. You know, you might just, you know, think about I don't know. You might see a, a film or a painting, and that can influence, you know, uh, a, a building. Um, and and it's not necessarily just like copying one design, but it's again thinking of like equivalence. Like, how do I translate that idea to what to what I do, or how how can I let that inform the you know the 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 structure of what of what I am working on? So it's something that I that I think about a lot.
2: Yeah, yeah. For me, galleries uh, and museums are, are always such a great escape to uh to kind of be re-inspired about my work uh and to to recreate kind of an experience i had somewhere else um, particularly artistic experience to try to like then make that architecture or make that physical um but it doesn't have anything to do with copying it it's really hard to describe that feeling right Or, or that process
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, again, it, a lot of times it's just putting your brain into a space where you can be creative and, and everybody has that something, whether it's playing guitar or going to a museum or cooking or, or whatever, everybody has some space or some, some activity that, that uh yeah, whether it's a place or it's, it's something that you do that, that puts you in that mindset that you, then you can think creatively and you can kind of be open to, to, um, to inspiration. Um, so that, that's, uh, you know, something I think about and sometimes try to, try to create, uh, you know, in, in, in some of the work that I do too.
2: Yeah. Um, it could also be in a podcast. Uh, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully people get something out of this conversation. Yeah i hope so too um (laughs) okay so gary Huswit, um independent filmmaker photographer um from my beloved hometown of new york um thank you so much gary for joining us i think uh, oh you're welcome we learned a ton i hope you learned something tonight too um and stay healthy man
0: uh thank you you too
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of Design in the City featuring filmmaker Gary Hustwit. If you're interested in checking out Gary's films or following his work, we will link it all in this show's description. As always, thank you for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Resite, the global nonprofit connecting people and ideas to improve the urban environment. It was recorded at the WeWork offices in Prague, with the support of the Czech Ministry of Culture and Nano Energies. You can find more talks, stories, and podcasts at recite.org or become involved with the recite community through our various social channels. Everything you need can be found in the description. Thank you for listening to Design in the City. This podcast was produced by myself, Alexandra Siebenthal, with support from Martin Berry, Radka Androchkova, Elizabeth Mills, and Elizabeth Novichuk, and edited by Little Big Studio.